lock and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. And greetings. Happy Tuesday. Welcome to the Steve Dace Show. Live and on demand here on Blaze TV radio and podcast. I am Steve Dace. He is Todd Erzin. And he is Aaron McIntyre. Let us know who you are and what you think about what we think by emailing the show, steve at stevedace.com. That's D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook, MeWe, Parlor, and Gab. Look for Steve Dace there. Follow me at Steve Dace Show on Twitter and Getter. That's G-E-T-T-R, by the way. You can also get clips of the show that you can watch for free that are also free of any censorship when you go to rumble.com slash Steve Dace Show. Again, that's rumble.com slash Steve Dace Show. We've got a jam-packed show lined up for you today. Um, it is a Tuesday. So we've got a typical fake news or not, Pop Culture Tuesday. Those segments that are weekly parts of the program, those are coming up a little bit later on. For, for fake news or not, this week we are doing something completely different. And Todd and Aaron are getting blindsided with it. Do you guys even want me to preview this at all? Or, I mean, do you want an absolute blindside with Let's what is coming? Let's go with a blindside. A total blindside. Yep. How bad could this be? You already made me watch more about aliens, so. Okay, well, you spoiled what I was going to preview with the next segment. All right, but um, I've, I, I've prepared something we've never done for fake news or not before. And... Just so you know, when it arrives next hour, it wasn't done with the intention of showing anybody up in case it does that unintentionally. It was done with the intention of showing um, just how much of our legacy and heritage as a people we have lost. And that's that's all I'll say for now. Okay. How you feel about that? Great. Do you know how many emails I got from people yet? I mean, it must have been at least a dozen. Good of Todd to get his biannual shave and haircut in yep. <laughs> or something along those lines. Do you know how many, I got, many of those I got? Apparently a lot. I got, I got, I got several of those actually. Yeah. I, I, I knew you'd appreciate that. So I thought I'd mention it to you. So we'll get to that with fake news or not next hour for pop culture Tuesday. Um, I went back and watched an alien disclosure movie from 2017 because a buddy of mine texted me and said, hey, you need to watch this, but not from the perspective of the question of the whole are aliens real thing, but just the way that they lay out their case. And, And tell me if you think that that part of it is more possible given what you think now and the things we've learned now, as opposed to the way we were thinking in 2017. I mean, in 2017, I was still convinced there had to be something. I mean, I would argue it vehemently on this show. It just didn't make sense to me that a guy with Robert Mueller's service record would just throw that all away at the end of an otherwise accomplished career of service to this country on a lark for, for a, 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 an apple dumpling gang attempt at a coup. It, it, you know what I'm saying? It just I couldn't wrap my mind around the fact. And then Occam's razor reminded me that it is still in effect. 
and that the simplest answer, the one that requires the least amount of assumptions, must be true. And that turned out to be the case we found about a year later, right? Right. But in 2017, I was not yet fully informationally radicalized. I've been ideologically radicalized ever since I got into this business, okay? But I've not... I was not yet informationally radicalized. And so buddy of mine texted this to me and says, go back and watch this now and tell me what you think with where you're at now, Mr. Alex Jones with Bible verses. Let's really test that theory. And I got to tell you, man, I, I, this thing, it, beyond just the alien question, the behavior of government, it just seemed to me so much more palatable with what I have witnessed the last few years and where I'm at informationally now than I would have thought had I watched this back in 2017. So I thought for Pop Culture Tuesday, it would be fascinating if all three of us watched this and, and compared notes on that front, okay? Forget about the claims because this applies to the whole JFK thing. By the way, the, there's an updated JFK Revisited, uh, a sequel of a documentary sequel to Oliver Stone's JFK now that the National Archives are opening on the assassination of JFK, and that's on Amazon right now. That is spectacular. And and I can see watching that, because all I've known about RFK is, you know, Big Lib. And I didn't even know about the whole anti-vax thing and his involvement with any of that. I didn't know about any of that, okay, prior to the last couple of years. But now, and he's he's in this documentary several times, by the way, because um, he, he was a child, you know, hanging around in the White House and this was going on. I can see now watching what's coming out of the National Archives. For example, one of the things that was ridiculed about Stone's movie when it came out in 1991 is a lot was made about this guy, this gay man played by Tommy Lee Jones called Clay Shaw, and that he was a secret CIA operative that was Lee Harvey Oswald's contact uh, that helped manipulate Oswald as a patsy. Um, etc. Right. That's a key mm -hmm. subplot in the film. And that's why he's brought into the trial and that this is not true. Did he lie under oath? It says now right in the National Archives that Clay Shaw was a CIA operative. And it even goes by the the alias that he was given in the film is the exact alias that he operated under. OK. And so I, I can see now why RFK Jr. instantly spotted a bureaucratic coercive rat with COVID and Fauci because he lived through the OG version of it. I mean, he grew up in the shroud of the OG version of the bureaucratic state that we're talking about right now. Right. So watching that in light, given where I am at right now, informationally, it was like, this was a, this wasn't a documentary. It was like a homily to me. I had some similar thoughts watching this unacknowledged movie from 2017. Right. But we'll talk about that a little bit later on. Uh, coming up at the bottom of this hour, Bobby Barak from OutKick will be joining us. That's Clay Travis's outfit over there. And he does a lot of the uh, intersection stuff between pop culture and uh, conservatism and, 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 you know, news and events. And there's a slew of issues. Of, did you guys see Mel Kuyper Jr. announced yesterday? This yeah. will be the first time yeah. in his career he won't be at an NFL draft because he's not. He refuses to get the jab because of his own medical history and concerns. It's happening. You know what, though? If, and I know this is a somewhat ba-dum-bum point, but it's also scientifically true. It's a good thing for Mel not to go to the draft yeah. and be surrounded by all those jabbed ESPN people. He's a lot less likely to get COVID than he would be if he hung around with all the jabbed people because they're the ones getting COVID nowadays. Okay? 
and it's not even close. I mean, it's in huge numbers compared to the unjabbed if you look at the data around the world. All right, so we'll get into that. And Colin Kaepernick wants to come back wide. Wasn't the NFL a slave auction yep. a year ago? Now he's desperate it to play. Again. It yeah, will be I again. mean, so we'll, we'll get into all that with Bobby Barak here at the bottom of the hour. But before we do so, let us begin with Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away brought to you by The Masks Come Off. Yesterday, a Trump-appointed federal judge in Florida ruled the Transportation Safety Administration's mask mandate for all air travelers in airports and on planes is unconstitutional. Later in the day, the TSA issued a statement saying, yeah, they would abide by the court ruling while they mull over their options. This led to a bevy of videos of pilots and crews around the country making the announcement to their passengers to cheers. Basically, every major airline in the United States has come out and ended their own mask mandates for employees and passengers. Blue checkmark Jeremy Faust, MD, tweets, Hi, United. When I bought my tickets for me, my wife who is pregnant and our unvaccinated four-year-old, I assumed you would continue to have a mask mandate. Now you cancel it and we'll have to board our return flight under your new no-mask-required policy. Thanks so much. Former Education Secretary Arnie Duncan tweets, For my safety and for the safety of my family, friends, and everyone I come in contact with, please keep wearing masks when you travel. I promise to do the same. Thank you for helping to save lives. Here's White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki and Fox News' Peter Ducey. Why is it that we can sit here in the White House briefing room with no masks, but people can't sit in an airplane cabin with no masks? Well, Peter, I'm not a doctor. You're not a doctor. And then there's this from Twitter user Jared Rabble. I boarded a plane today with my son in mid-flight. The pilot announces that the mask mandate is over. Flight attendants pulled off their masks and sneezed directly into their hands while screaming, this is MAGA airspace. My son turned to me in tears. I don't know what to do. That's some good satire on its own until you hear what comes next. A reporter from the New York Times reached out to Jared via Twitter direct message asking for his comment about what happened on this fictional flight. Speaking of journalism's greatest hits, you remember Taylor Lorenz, a journalist... I guess, for the Washington Post, whose sole purpose in life is to cancel and harass people and how she cried about how she's treated online. You feel like any little piece of information that gets out on you will be used by the worst people on the Internet to destroy your life. And it's so isolating and terrifying. It's horrifying. I'm so sorry. It's It's overwhelming. It's really hard. Well, she's back at it, this time targeting the woman behind the libs of TikTok Twitter account. Lorenz reportedly sent her own goons to family members of the individual to gain more information on the libs of TikTok gal as part of a hit piece she published at WAPO this morning where she did indeed dox the woman behind the libs of TikTok, a Brooklyn, New York mother and former real estate agent. If you ever truly threaten the spirit of the age, if you're ever really over the target, they will try to destroy you. And that's how you know you're winning. Moving on, back at the White House, Joe Biden celebrated Easter. Welcome to the South Lawn. Thank you and happy, happy Easter. All right. In case you didn't catch that, that's Jill Biden telling Joe, wave, wave. During the festivities, Joe Biden walked over to a group of people to talk to them when he was immediately interrupted and ushered away by an Easter bunny. 
Reports are that the Easter Bunny is one of the special assistants to the president in the communications department. Later on in the event, during a book reading... Just stay. She's telling me, just sit, don't move. (laughs) She's a teacher. I'm the teacher, you know. Again, for those of you listening, that's Jill Biden directing Joe's every movement. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis announced yesterday his state's legislature will consider stripping Disney of its special self-government power in Orange County to wrap up the legislative session in the next couple of weeks. According to the Labor Department, 13 states have recovered all the jobs they lost since March of 2020. Those states are Arizona, Arkansas, Colorado, Florida, Georgia, Idaho, Indiana, Montana, North Carolina, South Dakota, Tennessee, Texas, and Utah. Odds and ends real fast. YouTube removed an interview Fox News' Tucker Carlson did with a woman who took testosterone in her teenage years because of her gender dysphoria. The woman has since embraced her God-given sex, and that's why the video was removed. Midwives in the UK are being urged not to use the word vagina because biology is hateful. The latest filing in the Durham probe into the origins of the Trump-Russia collusion narrative shows at least five former Clinton campaign contractors have invoked the Fifth Amendment and refused to cooperate with the probe because they fear they could incriminate themselves in criminal wrongdoing. And that's what happened while we were away. Aaron's Montage brought to you by our friends over at Better Spectacles. If you like my glasses or you'd like to find something even nicer, they can help you at Better Spectacles. Now, you might be thinking, but wait a minute, I've got one of those crummy prescriptions where I'm on bifocals or progressives. I'm a little far. I'm a little near. And so that's why I've always got to wear the dorky frames. Not any longer, Kemosabi, because at Better Spectacles... Uh, what I'm wearing are those handcrafted, German-engineered Rodenstock eyewear available starting about a year ago for the first time here in the U.S. That's right, because I'm on progressive lenses as well. I'm a little far and a little near, as many more of us will be after years of staring at screens. Uh, you don't have to wear the dorky lens anymore. You can get the nice stuff, just like the people with the good old-fashioned plain old prescriptions can get. Uh, and you can get uh, nicer frames, too, if you've got a plain old prescription. Uh, when you go to betterspectacles.com slash Steve, schedule a tele-optic appointment there. You don't even have to leave your house. It's not some crummy online company. Uh, You'll get the best opticians in the country available to you like you would in one of their stores, but now online and it's 61% off your introductory offer to get you started. Plus they throw in the handcrafted Rodenstock frames for free. That's right. Those frames are free and 61% off to get you started today. When you visit betterspectacles.com slash Steve, that's betterspectacles.com slash Steve. Let's go to Aaron's montage. Um, And first and foremost, let me just say, I I just, I'm out of superlatives for Ron DeSantis. I mean, I I don't even know. I, 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 I mean, Okay. I, I I mean, wow. The stuff we just like talk about or or dream about, he goes out and does it. And again, folks, this is in Florida. Okay. Over forty years, the average presidential election in Florida has been decided by just two and a half points. This is by population the third largest state in the union. This is not Kansas. 
I mean, we're pretty impressed about how we took this purple state of Iowa here, right? In the last decade and turned it redder than Texas. Yeah. Okay. But as difficult as that was, and as long as that took, we're talking about a state of about three and a half million people. They've got a couple of cities with more with more population than that in Florida. And he has done this. He won he 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 won by fewer than forty thousand votes. When the typical thing would be, all right, man, you got a pretty divided state. Go in there, easy. Try to win people. You know what I'm saying? Dude just went in there like a bat out of heaven, man. And just started, just, he had the opposite instinct, which is, well, I might be on borrowed time here, so let's let it rip. And now dude is going to step to Disney. The thing that Aaron mentioned also threatens their tax exemptions as well. Not just their regulatory exemption. To operate like in like a little Vatican within the city of Orlando. It it threatens that those tax exemptions, which I think I read a week or two ago, are about a half a billion dollars. Okay. So I don't want to go wait. We've discussed this ad nauseum, but this is my point. Why sit there and try to line up and amass? an amount of pistols or glocks and aim them at a Death Star in the hopes that if we have enough of them pointed at that monstrosity, when what is the number we could possibly achieve that would ding it, that would damage it? Why do that when you can just go right after the thermal exhaust port? Now the question is, do you have somebody with the will and a means and a way to do that? Well, in this case you do. And of course, this is, I'm guessing, not going to, there, there won't be enough Republicans in that legislature to have the, the stomach or the balls for this. It won't matter. The message has been sent. The stakes have been raised. This is a hell of a shot against the, across their bow. And it goes back to what I've been saying on this show for the last year. The number one thing politically in America that has to change is that our people, when they get elected, have to punish the other side for their malfeasance and wickedness. Right now, when their people get elected, they punish us for what their side construes as wickedness and malfeasance, which is essentially failing to comply with everything we tell you to do and think. They punish away. And there's, and yeah, there's voter blowback, and there'll be all kinds of voter blowback to it in November probably, right? But does it ever actually, the precedent that was set that they could do that, is it ever actually taken away? Is it ever taken away? No. No. Is it ever punished? So therefore, there's no deterrent to them when they get the power back doing what? The same thing or worse again. Mm -hmm. There's no deterrent. If a child touches a hot stove, could they get burned? Sure, and there's some blowback, right? Mm -hmm. But if you don't punish them, what's the likelihood they will try it again? Higher. Higher, yeah. He's providing deterrence here. I'm your Huckleberry. We can play this out. Sure. I punch back. Let's play. These aren't tweets. These aren't rallies. Has he even held a rally? These aren't press releases. He's just doing the thing. Just doing it. 
And the end result is the biggest swing of, of, a, of a voting demographic in a population of that magnitude in the shortest amount of time in maybe all of American political history. We've just never seen anything like what he's done. I saw Jesse Kelly say the other day, by the time he's done, he's going to turn that state redder than Wyoming. He already has. Just by playing offense. And do, this is what they've done. They come up with stuff we say is crazy, but then they just do it. And they may get initial blowback for it and lose the initial, the next election, but the precedent that it's the new normal is set, and then we just like move on and try to work within that new normal. We've, I mean, we've been doing this with the left for how many decades now? He's doing this to them. Yeah, we're just going to pass the biggest abortion ban in Florida history. Yeah, we're just going to cancel 41 math textbooks because we're not putting that in our schools. We're just going to do it. I know you're going to screech and you're going to yell, but tomorrow when I do another thing, you'll be screeching and yelling about that and everybody will forget that you're screeching and yelling about this. That is a completely different strategy than what we saw from Trump, which is, let me forewarn you I was going to do this. Let me put out there in the most incendiary language I can conjure, I threaten to do these things, then not often do them, so you're totally whipped up in a frenzy against me, I then leave my base hanging, and then, and then all the energy's on one side of the equation here, and so we don't see these wild swings of voter demographics. You didn't add to your base. You didn't create a new base. This guy just does the stuff. You know, a lot of the inflation markers that you're seeing right now from Biden, you're being told that it was 40 years ago was the last time it was this bad, right? Mm-hmm. 40 years ago was 1982. Who was the president in 1982? Ronald Reagan. Yeah, it wasn't Jimmy Carter. It was Ronald Reagan. We had not seen massive across-the-board tax cuts like what Reagan had implemented since Kennedy in the early 60s, and we were far different people in the 80s. And there was a lot of thought, particularly because when they didn't instantly work that very first year, Republicans actually lost, I think, the Senate or one of the Houses of Congress in the 82 midterms. Uh, He was hugely unpopular. This was just making the problem worse. It will not work. He did it anyway, stayed the course, implemented it. What happened on Election Day 1984 about two years later? A route. One of the maybe the, the, the biggest singular route in American presidential election history. He just did it. And now and now that became our new normal. Now the parties argue about, there was a time that no one was for tax cuts. Now the parties just argue about who gets their taxes cut, who de, who's worthy or deserving of one, right? He just changed the entire language of that. He, cre- he created a new base. They were called Reagan Democrats. Now Trump went down that road originally. We saw the way that he flipped the rural areas in 2016, okay? But the problem was because there wasn't enough follow through He couldn't sustain that in 2020. And the number one thing he didn't follow through on was firing Fauci, firing Burks, disbanding the COVID COVID, uh, uh, commission or whatever the hell that was, Mike Pence, over the, the hatchet job Mike Pence oversaw, and getting the country back to normal. He didn't do that. And so he handed them the means by which to steal the election from him And so what happens when you leave your doors unlocked and a thief is out front? What happens? Get robbed. You get robbed. They steal from you. And that's what he did. This guy's killing them on multiple fronts. They can't respond. They're in disarray. He doesn't even have to do this. He's already won the talking point battle with his own voting base on Disney. 
This is just, let's find out. That's, I mean, this is just, he's just having fun now. We're just going to press buttons, just see where we get. I like offense. I like the smell of napalm in the morning. And again, this is Florida. It's not Kansas. Not Wyoming. Not Idaho. It's Florida. 21 million people live here. They almost voted for a guy who got busted doing cocaine off a gay hooker's ass. Guys, that was the other candidate. Okay? Let's play a little game with Aaron's montage and the time we have remaining. You guys ready for this? Okay. Yeah. The game I want to play is, let me call up where you had your montage here on my phone. Thank you. All right. The game I want to play is, what is the benign, innocent explanation for? Ready? Okay. Okay. What is the benign, innocent explanation for Taylor Lorenz at the Washington Post to dox, which means to reveal the true identity of a Jewish mother in Brooklyn, New York, who does nothing but post the actual videos that Taylor Lorenz's own readers post of themselves on on uh, on TikTok, posts them unedited and unfiltered in their own words, just for a wider audience to get a glimpse of and see. And this, what's the benign innocent explanation? This wasn't for this? just a normal doxing where it's. Uh, no, she went to the family members and everything else. Well, an earlier version this morning of the story actually included a link to this woman's residential address oh i didn't know that thank you for clarifying this is, that this is a yeah. deep this is a complete and total boxing yeah so what's the benign innocent explanation for that one uh is her just trying to uh utterly destroy us before we destroy uh the washington post and whatever she calls journalism is that benign and innocent neither that would be neither benign nor innocent okay. but more than likely accurate okay i can't give you a benign innocent explanation here's here's one explanation though uh james hodgkinson Nice. Uh, what is the benign, innocent explanation for not letting the president of the United States read a book to kids at Easter? Is unfailing dementia a benign and innocent explanation? Neither benign nor innocent. Okay. Uh, as when you, it can be if you're not the president, you're just somebody's dear old grandfather, and you, you, know, you, you, you just want to hang out with the old man for the time you have remaining. But when you're the guy that carries the nuclear football, no, that is neither benign nor innocent. No, it is not. Okay. Okay. Um, what is the benign, innocent explanation for YouTube banning Tucker Carlson's interview with someone who detransitioned because she realized she had fallen for a self-destructive and pernicious lie from hell and wanted to warn others from following her into the pit from whence she's emerged? What's the benign, innocent explanation for that? Hail Hydra. Uh, is... We're just under direct demonic influence. Is yeah, that- your, your answers continue, gentlemen. I, the question, again, is the seeking of a benign and innocent explanation. And you, I think America is is maybe perhaps feeling as if you're failing this exercise wholly and completely, as if there are no benign, innocent explanations for these things. What's the benign, innocent explanation for how many um, was it uh, of Hillary's uh, presidential? Five, con- at least five. At least five uh, presidential contractors. For the Hillary for President campaign in 2016, what's the benign, innocent explanation for them pleading the fifth so as to not incriminate themselves before a federal independent prosecutor? What is that one? Because they're criminals who tried to steal the 2016 election. Again, that's neither benign nor innocent. Todd, you take a you take a shall we say a stab at it. 
Uh, you mean with a cloth? Okay. Remember that? Timeless oldie but goodie? Or perhaps a new hashtag is born. The Clinton contractors didn't kill themselves. <laughs> All right. That's maybe another not benign or innocent explanation for why they're pleading the faith. They're like, hey, man, I fear the one that can put me in prison for perjury or obstruction of justice. <laughs> But I really fear the one that can put me six feet in the ground in the grave. You know what I'm saying, G? All right, how's that for benign and innocent? I'm going to play along, too. I'll throw in a non-benign or non-innocent explanation. What do you think? Hillary death count? No? Okay. And then finally, um, what is the benign, innocent explanation for not actually wanting to refer to the body parts that are uniquely involved in women giving birth when talking about women giving birth. What is the benign, innocent explanation for that? Demonic, direct influence. I want America to know. You guys went over here. I want America to know. I tried. I take issue with that. I take issue with that. What Todd and I laid out are the most benign and innocent explanations. Now, they are not benign and innocent, but they are the most benign and innocent. Well, I didn't ask for the most accurate. Yeah. I asked for the most benign and innocent. I don't think anybody's feeling rather benign and innocent right now and viewer or listener land right now if you're feeling me. All right. We'll come back. Why does Colin Kaepernick want to rejoin a slave plantation? And more questions that we will seek answers for in a moment. do me a favor after the show and every time we talk about public sq or public square i always remind myself i've got to download the app after the show remind me after the show to download this app okay Okay. because it's slick it it, you have it yeah it's slick because it's such a great idea it's one of those ideas that you're like why didn't someone do this a long time ago i bet when they thought of it they're like someone's already done this right turns out someone hadn't and now they have Um, If you are looking for the largest directory of freedom-loving businesses the nation's ever seen, Public SQ is the first app to connect freedom-loving Americans within a local community with the businesses that share your values, whether it's a restaurant that goes farm to table from local farms, a coffee shop that took a stand against the mandates, or a bank that would never count cancel you because of wrong think. Public SQ is your guide. Just download the Public SQ app from the Apple App Store or Google Play. You can create a free account uh, and go ahead, begin your search. Do it when you're traveling. Uh, You can also list your business for free uh, so your local community can find you today. Download the app today and remind me, guys, to do it today when we get done with the show, all right? Because I've been anxious to check this thing out a little bit more in depth since I first heard about the concept. Public SQ is the name of the app. You can download it today. Public SQ. All right, Bobby Barak is here with us, columnist over at OutKick. He does some outstanding work there on a lot of the hot-button items of the day. Good to have you on the show, Bobby. How are you? Steve, I appreciate it. I want to say, people ask me all the time, who should they follow on Twitter? And I have a short list, but in the past six months, you've made my list. You're one of the few accounts worth following online so your twitter threads are as good as anybody's right now oh, i appreciate that man thank you very much and if you keep telling enough people that 
they won't be able to see those Twitter uh, those Twitters anymore. I'll get banned. So that that seems to be the thing. If you reach it, if, if you got grandfathered in, like you have a Ben Shapiro kind of following, they can't afford to ban you. All right, but for those of us that didn't build the seven digit following pre ban, it does seem if you reach a certain threshold and then your your threat level becomes acknowledged, that's when uh, it becomes et tu brute. Have you kind of noticed the similar trend? Yeah, that's why I think I might pull back a little bit and wait till maybe <laughs> July to start telling people to go your way again. But just to be clear, I'm not sending too many verified people your way. I'm sending a lot of farmers, truckers. Twitter might not think they matter. Oh, that's true. No blue checks yeah. from my account to you, Steve. I can promise you that. Yeah, they're living flyover country, no question about it. All right, so th- there, there's several things I wanted to get, to get your take on. Um, because of course you guys, uh, with your originator, Clay Travis, you guys are kind of the OGs. You do more than sports, but certainly the intersection of sports and culture comes into play quite a bit. Let's, let's start with one of the things I wanted to be when I grew up was the next Mel Kuyper Jr. All right. Here's a guy who was no good at sports. Now I was actually pretty good, just not good enough to do anything with it beyond, you know, high school. But here's a guy that was not good at any sports, just loved football and turned a, a zeal and a passion into it. He's kind of the sports version of Rush Limbaugh in a way. He created an entire industry known as Draft Knicks and NFL Draft Analysis. He had no expertise to justify uh, himself, and he's become one of the biggest figures in the history of sports media. He's a transcendent figure for the first time since. Since 1979, he will not be live at an NFL draft, and he announced yesterday it's because he has refused the COVID jab because of his own health history, and and and, and he's tried to be abundantly gracious in how he's handled this. Uh, the way that ESPN's respondents a little bit different than his former colleague Aaron Williams. I think they basically kicked her to the curb, and like she's actually working with you guys now, if I if I remember remember right. But I was joking. Uh, she's with the Daily Wire. Yeah. Daily Wire. I'm sorry. Okay. I was because I've seen her with Dan Dockich on his program at all, and I know yeah. he's on with you guys. Okay. So I was actually half joking. It's true that if 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 Mel was concerned about getting COVID, not going to the draft and being surrounded by all those jabbed ESPN employees is safe for he's safer to not be around them because they're the ones spreading the virus these days. But what are your thoughts on just another example of continued insanity here that makes no sense? Yeah, and, and you made up a great point about how influential Mel Kuyper is. Now, Steve, let's just make this clear. If Mel Kuyper wasn't one of one, if he wasn't the singular best draft analyst out there anywhere in the world, ESPN would have fired him. They fired people for not having the vaccine. Mm-hmm. And they would have loved to eliminate another white guy from the draft coverage. That, that's obvious. So this goes to show how valuable Mel Kuyper is that ESPN, is going to allow him to work from home while being unvaccinated because if anybody lesser than Mel Kuyper said, hey, I'm not going to work the draft because I don't want to get the jab, ESPN, which is owned by Disney, they would have zero tolerance for that. They would say, okay, you're done. Not only are you not working the draft, you're not working until you get that vaccine. So this just goes to show how influential and great Mel Kuyper is at his job. You compared him to Rush Limbaugh. That's a great comparison because Rush Limbaugh set his own rules because he was that valuable. Nobody can be Rush Limbaugh. So he had a different set of rules. And you're absolutely right about the insanity. I mean, it it just makes no sense. And so many people at ESPN are afraid to say what you and I have been saying. 
that these Disney mandates, these statewide mandates don't make any sense. But we saw during the Project Veritas leak that because of Disney's head honchos, ESPN employees are afraid to voice their opinion on the vaccine. You saw what happened when Sage Steele did, suspended mm-hmm. for about a month. A year ago, Colin Kaepernick put out a video comparing the NFL draft uh, and the NFL to a slave auction. Now he's on a rehab tour. Uh, You know, my favorite team, uh, the Michigan Wolverines, hosted him uh, along with Spike Lee, who's kind of doing, it it appears, a Kaepernick rebooted softer side of Sears documentary for him to rebrand himself as maybe more MLK and less uh, Malcolm X. Um, And so he was out there yucking it up, talking to the team, throwing passes to former players, trying to be a kinder, gentler Colin Kaepernick. And now he's basically begging to get back into the league. Now, he did this a few years ago. The league gave him a tryout. He never showed up for it. There's been a lot of speculation about whether he's actually serious about playing in the NFL again. I do believe, and I'm not a fan of his of of, of, his, of many of his views, but I do think what, here on the right we have over exaggerated how mediocre of a quarterback he was. His his numbers his last year in Arizona were actually pretty good: 16 to four touchdown interception ratio. He had a QBR of 49. I know it doesn't sound great, but last year Aaron Rodgers won the MVP with a QBR, QBR of 65. The QBR is a very stringent standard for judging quarterbacks. So that's definitely starting caliber quarterback in the NFL. Now he's not played competitively though since 2016. This is the first time he's talked about going back where it appears that he is trying to revamp his image somewhat. Is he serious this time? Otherwise, why does he want to go back to a slave auction? He already left that plantation. Right, yeah. And for anybody saying, how dare the NFL not bring him back after many of his supporters like Jamel Hill and the people at Slate NPR took his side saying, yeah, the NFL does treat players like slaves. It's just, you know, mind-blowing. Um, you know, to answer a couple of your questions there, um, Colin Kaepernick is more of a mercenary than he is an athlete. Hmm. He does what's best for business. He didn't want to be a football player a couple of years ago, Steve, because he was making so much money from Disney and these promotions. You talk about him comparing the NFL to slavery. That's when he was promoting that Netflix doc, which paid him a lot of money. But that money's starting to evaporate because people have moved on to other stuff. Colin Kaepernick's not quite the needle mover as the quote-unquote activist as he once was. I think now he knows getting back to the NFL, even if it's in a backup role, is probably advantageous for him, whether it's because he can sell jerseys or logos or brands. Colin Kaepernick's doing what's best for business. You mentioned um, Colin Kaepernick, the player, which is much different than Colin Kaepernick, the activist. I agree with you that Colin Kaepernick wasn't an awful quarterback. We sort of overvalue the bench for Blaine Gabbert narrative. However, in any industry, Steve, whether it's sports, broadcasting, banking, your boss's way, your upside versus your downside. Yeah. Colin Kaepernick became such a distraction that his play on mm-hmm. the field no longer outweighed. Yeah, it had to be his even downside. better. Yeah, he had to be an Aaron right. Rodgers level player to justify the the grief to profit ratio. And I think that's to me I I, I I don't know if you're not Mike Tomlin, uh if you're not Lovey Smith, then there's not a lot of black head coaches in the NFL. That's a whole other controversy right now obviously. Right. But if you're not a black head coach, I I don't know how you could possibly bring him in to your camp. Because if you cut him, if he's not good enough, man, 
I mean, it's it's why the NFL like, engineered Michael Sam to be a last round draft pick of the NFL team in his in in his own home state. Because if they had to cut him at the end, it wouldn't be a glitter bombing rainbow jihad protest, right? Um, you you have to be very a very specific location to bring him in because if you cut him, you're instantly a racist to a, a not insignificant portion of the sports media, right? Yeah, and that's 100% right. And about a year ago, Steve, somebody in the sports world was talking to me on the phone about there was a story that came out. I believe it was the Washington Post saying women need to have high rank and coaching positions. And the guy told me, he's like, Bobby, look, the average NFL coach lasts a year or two. Most of them end up disastrous and fired. The problem with a female coach is, is that if a team makes her the head coach or a high ranking assistant, they can't just turn around and fire her like they would the male coach because right away people would say, hey, look, at you're firing a woman. You're not giving her the fair shake that you would give a male, which is obviously a lie, but that would be the narrative. So that's the problem with Colin Kaepernick is that I do think teams would have brought him in years ago as a backup, maybe a quasi starter, but they knew that if his play wasn't up to par, if his play wasn't outweighing his large downside, they could have just cut him or bench him. The ESPNs of the world, mm-hmm. the, the Ringer, the CBS Sports, they would have erupted. So Colin Kaepernick, it's not about his play. It's about his play not being significant enough to outweigh all the negatives that come with signing him. Bobby, I next want to ask you about one of, for just me personally, one of the more disappointing stories I've seen so far this year, and you guys covered it at OutKick, and we haven't had a chance to talk about it here on the show yet with everything else going on. But in 2020, I saw a movie called Irresistible, and it was one of the first new releases. We were one of the first states here in Iowa to have movie theaters reopen in May of 2020. It was the first new release that came to town uh, since the COVID lockdowns in March. And I went and saw the film, and I thought it was incredible. I thought it was one of the best films I saw in 2020. And it's uh, written and directed, I believe, by John Stewart. And the premise of the film is that essentially the Democratic Party has just lost its way in, in, in wokeism and hyper-leftism, and it needs to return to its roots as kind of a rural America, working class, working class, immig- pro-immigrant uh, political party that it was known as in the 60s, 70s, 80s, and, uh, and in, in the Bill Clinton era. And then I, I I saw what you guys and others were writing about this special about you know America is systemically racist, and and I'm just like you know this is what the, when the Bible says the dog returns to its own vomit, this is a living breathing example of this. So here's a guy that makes a movie that's brilliant. If you've never seen it, by the way, and all of you listening right now, I'd highly yeah, recommend it. Irresistible is a tremendous movie. Okay. But then he turns around and goes right to the rotten, poisonous well that in his movie he was satirizing. What's the point of that? And and what kind of response has it gotten? Do we know? Yeah, no, I mean, you're right. I mean, the response, you know, I don't know. I have not heard much of it. And, you know, you brought up John Stewart and sort of that, you know, your talking point there. And look, you look at someone like John Stewart. This is a guy that totally went all in. I mean, Steve. John Stewart's one of the most talented broadcasters I've ever seen, one of the most skillful writers I've ever read, especially in his monologues. But because just like him, you know, he, he has become sort of the spokesperson for wokeism, doing specials called The Problem with White People, The Problem with Systemic Racism. So many of these people, whether it's Hollywood, media, athletes, they all eventually seem to succumb 
to sort of that progressive movement, but a small number. And that is so disappointing because, like you said, that's a great movie. And Jon Stewart, to me, was always wildly entertaining. But you have to wonder, are people able to you know, even be funny anymore, or do they have to take one side? I mean, are you allowed to do satire anymore if it's not making fun of Trump voters, mm. white guys, or anti-vaxxers, or the you know, quasi-anti-vaxxers, or they just don't want to get the vaccine? That's a pretty disappointing place because never, at least in my lifetime, have we ever needed humor, entertainment, and escapisms more than we do right now, and we just don't have it. All right, I got about a minute here. And I know you're right. There's other things you guys have written about and you've covered recently. I didn't have time to get to. So take the minute. What's something else that you want to highlight that you think our audience needs to head over to OutKick and uh, and learn more about right now? Yeah, I found a really fascinating story last year um, or last week, rather. Walmart's now paying blue collar truck drivers one hundred and ten thousand dollars a year starting. Steve, the average college graduate wow. with a bachelor degree makes fifty four thousand. Wow. You can make more than double driving trucks as you can being a welder, being an electrician, being a plumber. Blue collar jobs are in demand and these fancy degrees and gender studies and private equity. They're not in demand. And that's something students growing up don't hear anymore. And that's a disservice to them. I don't know, fellas, man, you want to, you want to win that, uh, that, that hottie over show up at her house, show show her mama and daddy. Hey man, I got $120,000 a year job. We're listening. We're listening. Good stuff. That, that's, that's, uh, that and is no tremendous. Debt. No debt. And no college debt. Yeah, exactly. There you go. Great stuff, Bobby. Appreciate what you guys do at OutKick. Thank you for the time. Steve, talk soon. You got it. Uh, this portion of the show brought to you by our friends over at Patriot Mobile. When you have an opportunity, and they don't come around often enough, unfortunately, but when the opportunity does arise, and right now, for pretty much everybody, there is one, because we all pretty much have to have a mobile phone in order to thrive in modern America, and now you can do business with a mobile phone carrier that doesn't hate you. In fact, actually supports you, has your back. It's our friends over at Patriot Mobile, the only Christian cell phone and mobile phone provider and service that is out there. They offer the same nationwide coverage as the major carriers as well, because everybody uses the same towers these days our family made the switch last fall after putting it off for too long because we thought it would be a hassle it wasn't a hassle at all it went off smoothly their outstanding customer service team did great if you're a veteran or first responder let them know when you call to make the switch and they'll give you even more savings it's a way of saying thank you for your service for everybody else you can get a free activation with the offer code steve right now when you head over to patriotmobile.com slash steve that's patriotmobile.com slash steve or call 972 patriot todd for you and i as fathers of daughters guy says hey i'd like permission to ask your daughter uh to ask to marry your daughter and i've got a degree in english lit uh and um i'm in i'm on my master's degree with six years of college debt another guy rolls up and says i get six weeks of vacay a day and uh, i make 120 grand a year full benefits and i'm debt free your thoughts your advice to your daughter between making one of those two choices would be what? Well, um, I'm I'm all ears on both of their sales pitches as long as they know what they're doing. I'm fine. My daughter just eighth grade daughter last night just said, "I got eight more years of school." I said, "No, you only got four more. You don't have to go to college. We just need to start talking about people like that." There's a big old world out there. Yeah, I'm gonna give the tie to the guy that doesn't have all the debt, and that because that also means he didn't go there and just get worked over for four or five years, and then was stupid enough to pay to be brainwashed at the same time. We'll come back. You guys are getting put on the spot. Are you ready? No. You shouldn't be. 
next. With our two live and on demand right here on Blaze TV, radio and podcast. Steve Dace here with Aaron McIntyre, Totters, and all of you. You can email the show, steve at stevedace.com. That's D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. Uh, you can also uh, get clips of the show when you go to rumble.com slash Steve Dace Show. And if you don't like censorship... Go to Rumble, not just to watch clips, but go to MeWe, Parlor, Gab, and Getter to get social media content from us there instead because we're not censored there. So we post there as well. Uh, don't forget, too, if you are a podcast listener, if you've yet to do this, please leave us a five-star review um, and hit the subscribe, follow button, whichever applies, on wherever you podcast from. Thanks to all of you who have done those things for the show. I'm told that they give the show some form of algorithmic boost. I cannot quantify that because I wouldn't know how. But I do know they've given our ego, every one of those has given our fragile male egos a boost. And for that, we are very, very grateful. So thank you. All right. Um, this part of the show brought to you by Built Bar, the greatest protein bar ever created. Better than a lot of the candy bars that are out there. Covered in real chocolate, loaded with flavor. In fact, they've got tons of great flavors. You know what? Here's what I would advise you to do. Because you can wait to the next time my top two Built Bar flavors in my Built Bar flavor power ratings come out again. Uh, that's chocolate chip cookie dough chunks number one. And coconut brownie chunks number two. You could wait for that. But you know what? Um, just to show you how good these comprehensively are. I mean, they could get a couple of flavors like that, right? You know what I'm saying? It's kind of hard to mess up a chocolate chip cookie dough flavored something, right? And, Correct. And Bill Barr didn't just not only mess it up, but it's inc- it's incredible. But just before I, these flavors existed, I just tried the variety box that they launched their product line with. All right. Salted caramel, cookies and cream. A double chocolate, mint brownie, coconut. That's what got me hooked on these in 2020 before they went big time on us and now started launching all of these fanciful flavors. All right. So just try the everyday box and you'll see. All right. Only four to gram, four, four to five grams of sugar, four to five grams of net carbs, uh, all of them with up to 18 grams of protein, 180 calories or less. A lot of them, 130, 140 calories, way less than a candy bar and loaded with far more nutrition. Get 15% off right now when you go to built.com, B-U-I-L-T, and use my last name, Dace, as your promo code at checkout. Promo code Dace at built.com to get 15% off. Let's get to it. It is time for our weekly rendition of fake news or not. And this week we're doing something we have never done before. And depending on how this goes, if it goes poorly, just remember, I gave you guys the option of at least a little bit of a hint. Did I not? You did. I did. And you both said what? No. No. Absolutely. I said no. Todd Todd, Todd didn't really say anything. I said, could this be worse than aliens? (laughs) It could be. Okay. It could be. So I thought it would be interesting because we are a pretty theologically and religiously astute program by the standards of what is typically um, is, is typically distributed and produced in American media on a daily basis. Fair? Low bar, but fair. Yeah, yeah. That, well, that's yeah. pretty low bar. Yes. Okay. 
So I thought what would be interesting, because on Friday we gave the audience a little bit more of the context and detail of the meaning of Good Friday. We did it yesterday with Easter and then answered some follow-up Easter questions. I thought it might be fun. Let's play a game of religious fake news or not. Okay. So I have 10 religious statements here. You guys will each tell me if you think it is fake news or not and why. And then I will have the clarification of why of what that statement actually means or if it does mean what it claims. What's okay? the over under on a religious war starting because of anything we say? <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I tried to make this as um, as fair as I could. Other religious viewpoints are discussed. When I actually got the answers, I actually went to sources of that religious viewpoint. Okay. So this is not an attempt to game the system or anything at all. Okay. This is an attempt to just show that how this is an attempt to show on a show that has, that has shown, there you go. Um, uh, I was that a little triune alliteration. Huh? 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 No, this is going to be terrible. (laughs) Trinity humor doesn't play. No. What have we done? There go my coattails. (laughs) I just, you blew it up. You're like Charlton Heston at the end, right? You blew it up. All right. But I wanted to, this is all things that in, in a society based on God given rights, we should that should be kind of kind of like common knowledge and a lot of this in other eras would have been sort of common knowledge and what better place than for us to put i mean the fact that i had to go look up several of these answers just you know i didn't i i i could have gotten several of these right or at least right from my perspective if that makes mm-hmm. sense but i i couldn't have gone 10 for 10 on these okay i had to look up and up to get objective answers on several of them okay And the point here to make is, if a show that is as theologically driven um, and transparent and intentional as ours may struggle through some of the answers to these questions, where's the culture at? Sure. At large. See the point I'm trying to make with this? Okay. Number one. So you guys just tell me. Fake news or not. We're not allowed to ask for any clarification. You can if you want. Okay. okay. All right. Genesis is the oldest book in the Bible. Fake news fake, or not. Fake news. You say it's fake news? Why? Yes. Why? Because yeah. uh, the the oldest uh, book in the Bible uh, is largely believed to be the book of Job. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You agree, Aaron? I, absolutely. Yeah. All right. You guys are both correct on this. Okay. Um, in fact, we have oral traditions of Job, we believe, date back uh, to about 400 years before the time of Moses. Okay? So, Genesis is not, in terms of um, dating, textual dating, it is not the oldest book in the Bible. Correct. Number two, fake news or not, Muslims are assured of heaven. If they have sincere faith in Allah. Fake news. Aaron, you go first this time. You say it's fake news. Yeah. Okay, why? Uh, my understanding is um, my understanding is they are required uh, a, a number of actions. I don't couldn't tell you what all of them are, but mm-hmm. they are actually required to do things. Faith alone is 
is not enough. Todd. That's correct. This is also why Pope Benedict got in some trouble back in the day because he tried to uh, explain this and not in any sort of pejorative sense, but that their their relationship to their creator uh, inv- involves much more, which is why uh, sacrificing one's life in a dramatic way um uh a dramatic martyrdom is often so essential to the, the because it's it's the closest thing to assurance that they can get you're both correct on this so you're two for two okay aaron you are referring to the five pillars of islam okay and regensburg that's what it was because you commented yeah, on yep, it at the time yep. that's what it was i can, i don't know i can i can recall all of them off the top so of my head one of them a hajj, hajj to mecca yeah. or a pilgrimage yeah. um there it, it the 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 sacred um pronouncement there is no god but Allah, and muhammad is his messenger alms to the poor um calls to prayer calls to prayer is four and and i always forget the fifth one okay but there's five, all right? But we gave you four of them. Did you say the journey to Mecca? I did say the, the Hajj, the, the pilgrimage okay, to yeah. Mecca. Yep. So, but those are the five pillars of Islam. Yeah. Even, even, even consistently executing those in the Quran does not provide an assurance of salvation. So you don't even, you don't, you have neither a purely Protestant, you know, justification by faith um, is affirmed in the Quran or a more Catholic justification of faith that is sealed and confirmed by works that's not even recognized within the Quran. Uh, in fact, it goes to what you were saying, Todd. Surah 3-157 quote the, um, the, says that um, and if ye are slain or die in the way of Allah, forgiveness and mercy from Allah are far better than all they could amass, unquote. That's the only thing resembling an assurance of salvation in the Quran is either being martyred for the for um, uh, as a as a as a persecuted victim, or um, you are doing the persecuting uh, and die in that cause. That's the only that's the closest thing to the assurance of salvation that you find in the Quran. Why is that important to know? Because Again, every religion has cousin Eddie's. Okay? Every religion's going to attract, just like any movement of sincere conviction, is going to attract some level of undesirables who don't understand it or seek to co-opt it, correct? Okay? And so there isn't, there isn't a world religion whose brand has not been stained by this at some point in its history, Okay? Why aren't that? Why do they not have internal mechanisms and conversations within Islam itself that what's been inherent within its religion since Muhammad died in 632 fighting a war? He died in the middle of a war in 632. Why has some form of warriorism or warfare been endemic to Islam now for 1400 years? Because of verses like Mm -hmm. this. That's why it's important to know that. Suicide bombers also make a lot more sense. If you come from some blank hole uh, sand dune uh, and your life is miserable and you're told if you go blow yourself up for Allah, you'll go to heaven, kind of makes a little bit more sense. Now, we're not here to say that that's the proper hermeneutical application of the Quran. We are here to say, though, that history has recorded that a lot of people have been convinced that it is. A not insignificant amount of people have been convinced that it is. Fair? 
Yeah. Number three, fake news or not, this one, Todd, to you first. You cannot be Jewish and believe Jesus Christ is your long-awaited Messiah. The double negatives are throwing me off here. Yeah, you can. Yeah, I'm trying to be very careful and not reactionary with any. You can. Well, that's. Which, what type well, of what Jewish? What do you mean by Jewish? Yeah. That's part of the question, isn't it? Well, then. Fake news. Fake news. I'm, I'm wrestling. You cannot be Jewish and believe that Jesus Christ is the long awaited Messiah. Yes. That is fake news. Okay. You're both right, and I think you're right even for the right context. You both asked me, we'll define what it means to be Jewish, right? Yes. Because there are about 350,000 people who identify as Jews in the world today who, who are called Messianic Jews or Jews who believe that Jesus is their Messiah. There's about 350,000 of them in the world mm-hmm. today. However, that number does only represent about 2.5% of all Jews in the world. So Jews represent about 2% of the population in the U.S. And about 2.5% of Jews in the world believe that Jesus Christ is their long-awaited Messiah. He is the fulfillment of the Torah. All right, number four. Joseph Smith, the founder of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, denied the biblical doctrine of original sin. All right, and so this is the doctrine that through Adam's fall— through the sin in the fall in the garden, it has been imputed unto human beings that have fallen, uh, that come from his progeny, which is all of us. We are now all born with a sin nature. We are not born basically or originally or fundamentally good. We are born into sin, as Paul articulates in Romans 5. Sin came into the world through one, the first Adam, and then righteousness came into the world through the second one, Jesus Christ, because of his sacrifice and fulfillment of the law on the cross. All right. Joseph Smith, the founder of the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, denied this biblical doctrine of original sin. Aaron, is that fake news or not? That is not fake news. And it's also why I mean this to be a compliment. It's going to piss off our Mormon Viewers, I mean this to be a compliment. It's why Mormons often are better at being Christians than most what I would call actual Orthodox Christians. Because of the the effort that it is placed, therefore, on exhibiting yep. exhibiting their faith. Because Correct. since they're not born sinful, then there is more of an expectation that on they can them. model their Savior's Correct. character. Is yep. that what you're saying? Gotcha. Okay. What do you think, Todd? Yeah, it's been a while since I uh, dusted off, but I spent three years in Utah, and uh, it taught me a lot about not only them, but what I, uh, how I needed to step forward in faith accordingly. So, yeah. You guys are four for four, okay? This is not fake news. It is true. In 1842, Joseph Smith composed what are referred to as the 13 Articles of Faith. Though much of what he attested to, and I went to several Orthodox LDS websites to read the same version of it. I just wanted to make sure I wasn't hand cherry picking here. Okay. So I read from three different, um, you know, LDS mainstream websites that had republished these articles of faith. If you read them, by the way, the vast majority of these 13 articles are things that have been believed and affirmed by Christians for 2000 years. All right. The Trinity is specifically mentioned. There is no atonement other than Christ that satisfies the, the, the wrath of God. All these, these are all things that we would affirm the vast majority of them. However, 
In his second article of faith, Smith does say, and I quote, We believe that men will be punished for their own sins and not for Adam's transgression. Unquote. That's an exact line in the second article of faith. This statement is often interpreted to mean a denial of the doctrine of original sin, whose um, the, probably the best hermeneutical explanation of it is found in what Paul writes in Romans 5. You guys, I'm all right. We're good so far. Okay, number five. The Dead Sea Scrolls, discovered in a cave on the shores of the Dead Sea in 1947, contain a nearly intact scroll of the book of Isaiah whose composition dates back to 125 B.C. Todd, is that fake news or not? uh, When I say composition, meaning the date that that copy of it is said to have been written, not the book of Isaiah itself, but that that copy of it was written. Nearly intact. I will, I I'll say fake news. Just I'm hanging on that. That it's because that's. No small. This is that's not a very like, specific term, yeah. it's, and it's a a that's a large one of the larger scrolls you'd have to have mm-hmm. to have a nearly. It's one of the biggest. Book, it's yes. one of the largest so, books in the Bible. Correct. Is this based on something new, like within the last few months? No, because I have heard some new um, news of stuff they found in the Dead Sea. I will say because same. Actually, no. I'll I'll, I'll say it's fake news because of the f- intact portion. This is the first time you guys are both wrong. So the original Dead Sea Scroll findings, there are what are called seven major scrolls or the, the most complete copies. What are the Dead Sea Scrolls? There was a sect, S-E-C-T, of Jews called the Ascends, and they moved out in the, in the latter half of the second century B.C., or they moved out onto the Dead Sea in anticipation that the son of David, the Messiah, would soon arrive. That was one of their motivations. And while they were out there, because it was... Um, a, a Jewish, a meticulous Jewish practice. They were copying the Torah. They were copying the Bible at the time. All right. And as, as you pointed out correctly, Todd, that the book of Isaiah is one of the longest books in the Bible, Old or New Testament. The Isaiah scroll is the, is the longest of the original Dead Sea Scrolls. It matches up over 95% with the Masoretic texts several of today's modern versions of the Bible's Old Testament base their translations upon. Almost everything within that other 5% are spelling or grammar and syntax differences, not differences in subject matter. That means, so if you saw Mel Gibson's The Passion, for example, the movie opens with a quote from the book of Isaiah and it has an authorship in the 7th century BC. That's the when tradition believes that's when Isaiah wrote the book of Isaiah was in the 7th century BC, even if you don't accept that, okay, you still have to wrestle with the fact that we have a nearly intact copy of the book of Isaiah that dates back to 125 BC or almost an entire century before the birth of Christ. So even if you don't think that the book of Isaiah is 700 years old, we still have a copy of it that was composed a century before Christ was born that you still have to reconcile with the fulfillment of his of those prophecies from at least a century before his birth, let alone the what tradition says and Jewish tradition says is when the book was originally composed. All right, number six. The word, here we go. All right, 
I know y'all got nervous when I quoted when when I said Joseph Smith admitted. You guys got a little nervous. Oh boy, here we go. Right? You got a little nervous at that one. Okay. Here's your other. Here you. Here we go. Number six. The word purgatory is found nowhere in the Bible. Aaron, it's an even number. You go first. Uh, let's see. Purgatory. Is this like uh, rapture? Um, I will say that is not fake news. Okay. Todd. Well, it, it's the it's not fake news in the certainly in the gotcha secular uh, liberal sense that they use in a lot of things like homosexuality is used in the Bible it, thematically it is there but no it's it, it is and, and not as a and it might be used in a purgation sense but mm-hmm. purgatory and I and I, no, it is not fake news. So it's interesting because I, I did the same thing with this that I did with the LDS mm-hmm. thing. I went to several like Catholic answers and other sites. Mm-hmm. All right. And they all said that this is the number one question they get from Catholics, from their Protestant sure. friends, is, is the challenge of purgatory. Mm-hmm. The number one question. All right. Um, the word itself, you guys are both correct, is found, the word purgatory, and by the way, the word rapture is found nowhere in the Bible mm-hmm. either. Okay. The word itself, purgatory, is found nowhere in the Bible. My, the best understanding I can come up with, because whole tomes have been written about this, so the most simplest answer I could give, and feel free to correct me if I'm wrong, since we have a Catholic here. Um, Catholics take the concept for it from Second Maccabees, when the Jewish leaders made atonement for the dead in the hopes that their sins would be forgiven, as well as from several Bible pa- passages that make it clear that God cannot be in communion with anything unclean and will punish every last sin. Therefore, a, essentially a deductive reasoning case is made that there must be a, rec- a, a mechanism for refining even believers who are sealed by God's grace, but who have also, though, still committed sins. Is that a fair? Oh, more than fair. And uh, an analysis only believers, of your- if you're in purgatory, you're going to heaven. It's that I think that is a misconstruction. I think they think a lot of Protestants, there are arguments against purgatory. And if I have, sure. I, I believe them, but one of them is not all right. That, um, you know, serial killers can jump on the sin master no. and work off their mortal sins because Catholics also have things called mortal sins, yes. which those are sins that you are, you have, uh, you've, ex- you've, you've, you've exceeded the, the bounds of those sins. That's it's right. Game over. Yes, yeah, exactly. Okay. So both of those things can't be true. They could be wrong about both, but they you can't you can't make the simultaneous yeah. claim that Catholics believe both of those things, right? Because they don't. All right, number seven. Muhammad was illiterate. Fake news or not? Todd, it's an odd number. You're up. Uh, that's not fake news. That's not fake news. You're both correct. It is not fake news. It is true. Uh, and the angel Muhammad is said to have encountered in a cave the day that the Quran was revealed to him, he is given a commandment, which is to recite or to memorize and repeat aloud. And that which was being revealed to him, that's what the word Quran means, recitation. In 2015, researchers at the University of Birmingham in England believed that they had uncovered a fragment of the Quran whose dating actually overlaps with the life of Muhammad. Prior to this discovery... The oldest manuscripts were almost a century after his death in 632. The oldest we had prior to 2015 were somewhere in the early 700s. Uh, After his death, um, his disciples broke immediately into two camps. 
that we know them today uh, as Shias and Sunnis and several, um, I guess we'll call them supplemental works known as Hadiths were composed within each camp, uh, clarifying what some of the teachings of the Quran happened to mean. Okay. Number eight, you guys are doing really good. Jesus is not in the Quran, Aaron. That is, uh, let's see. Jesus is not in the Quran, which, which, um, which, in which, in which respect? Historical or future? At all. At all. Is not directly uh, or specifically referenced in the Quran. I think that's fake news. I'm yeah. pretty sure that's fake news. I'm pretty sure that's fake news, too. You're both correct again. In fact, Jesus is referenced directly or indirectly over 90 times in the Quran. Over 90 times. It also teaches that he was born of a virgin, by the way, uh, that he did many great signs it's and wonders. That he's a prophet. Yes, as a prophet. Yeah. But uh, and, and that he was rejected by the Jewish leaders. However, it also teaches that Jesus was not crucified. He was taken up into heaven, similar to the story of what happened to Elijah. Okay. He was taken up into heaven and therefore he was, since he was not crucified, what else was he not? Resurrected. Resurrected. And so this is why we often say Christians and, and, and Muslims cannot believe in the same God. They can both believe in the wrong in a, one, in an but ac- they can't believe in the same one. Is it is it fair to say in an academic sense, they are both uh, Abrahamic? Re- Abrahamic, yes. The but, three mono, monotheistic are all Abrahamic. But it's yes. not the same God. Correct. Okay. Number nine. One of the earliest Christian catechisms specifically forbid abortion. Todd. Uh, uh, this is not... Uh, fake news and it's it's been a little while could this because this is one in our friendship one of the first things i gave you and i got a look from you at the time about are we referencing the ddk by any we are talking about the didache yes i I gave that to you so that kind of gives the answer away aaron todd Todd is correct the didache now we don't know specifically when it was written okay but it is often attributed to the first century because the form of Greek that it was written in dates back to that era. It would be no later than probably the third century, okay, AD, all right? Uh, it refers to itself as, quote, the Lord's teaching through the 12 apostles. So it is. Ex- it has an inherent expectation that this is a first-generation recording of what was orally given to those followers. And it explicitly forbids... In, in by word, murdering a child or anything begotten by abortion. It specifically says this. Final one, number 10. Perhaps the most influential theologian in the post-biblical history of Christianity was black. Aaron, you get this one first. It's an even number. The in post what? Christendom? In post-biblical history of Christianity, perhaps its most influential theologian was black. Uh, post-biblical, so we're not talking about any of the authors That's correct. of the Bible. Yep. Um, this seems like, I, 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 I'm not sure who you're referencing, uh, unless you're, I'm going to say this is uh, true, this is not fake news. Why do you think it's not fake news? I'm trying to... Are you referencing a saint? Yeah. Okay, is it Augustine? Yes. 
And I'm trying to figure out where he where he actually lived. Okay. Todd, what about you? I don't think he technically... I'll say that's fake news. Augustine is the theologian referenced here. He was born in North Africa in what is now modern-day Algeria. Now, this was also, though, at the time, a heavily Romanized area. Okay? So... His actual skin color is up for debate. There are actually renderings from that period of time depicting him in several different skin pigments, including black. So that is a that's apparently an uh, an issue that is up for debate. Is was Augustine actually black? The reason why I chose to reference this one is because in the movie Father Stu, Stu's best friend at seminary is a black man, and Stu says to him, "He goes, aren't you a little out of place here?" I mean, aren't you guys typically basically Baptist or Pentecostals? Okay. And he goes on to reference a few people in the history of the Catholic Church that are luminaries that are black. And Augustine's name is referenced mm-hmm. during that exchange. So that's why I put it into that uh, that question there. So what do you guys think? We got 30 seconds. What do you think of that exercise? That was fun. Oh, I think it's what the audience thinks about that. That I think we came through and the audience can continue you guys to say did, you guys did. Games. You guys did very well. But... These are things that just don't come up or anything anymore. And several of them are inherent to what's going on in the world today and the the country we were created and founded to be. More in a moment. love to go through the stress of the real estate process with an agent who handled it so capably and so professionally that you're still recommending that guy or gal to people 16 years later because that's what I'm doing with my real estate agent Scott Remsburg. I've not needed his services for 16 years. I still recommend him to friends, family members. I recommended him to the McIntyre family. You guys used him for the purchase of your first home that you just moved into, right? And I mean, he guided you guys through that as smoothly as absolutely possible, right? Mm-hmm. Wouldn't you love to have one of those? Because it is not unstressful doing this, even if you have a good agent, right? You know where you can find that kind of an agent that you can trust and then go on trusting? Uh, the name kind of says it all. Over at realestateagentsitrust.com. That's realestateagentsitrust.com, established by Glenn Beck and some of his associates because, well, you guessed it. They ran into real estate agents they could not trust. They don't want that to happen to anyone else. So check out the website, realestateagentsitrust.com. As we transition now to Pop Culture Tuesday, when we look at the intersection between culture and conservatism, I just saw this from actress Viola Davis. In order to succeed in Hollywood, quote, you either have to be a black female version of a white ideal or you have to be white, unquote. That's from Viola Davis. Who is Viola Davis? Viola Davis is one of the few actors in the history of entertainment that has won what is considered to be the triple crown of awards. The Oscar, the Emmy, and the Tony. She's won all three. According to Forbes, her net worth is at least $25 million dollars. Does Viola Davis strike you, gentlemen, or the care as a, a, a just on, as a person, or the character she often portrays as quote 
a black female version of a white ideal or white herself? No. No. I got that vibe. No, the exact opposite, uh, in fact. This is a sickness, is what this is. Uh, This isn't even, this, this is a sickness. It's not the normal idolatry. The normal idolatry would be, I got it going on, man. I'm untouchable. I'm the best there ever is, best there ever was, best there ever will be. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. The, 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 that's, that's the normal idolatry. To get all these accolades and have it go to your head and think that you tiptoe between the raindrops now. That, that's normal idolatry. It is cultic sickness to receive this level of recognition and reward for your capabilities and turn around and shart on the people and system that did that for you. That is not a normal idolatry. That's a cultic sickness. Is that going too far? No. It's not a natural human impulse to succeed at this level and then still publicly wish to wallow in a trough. That is not a normal, natural, sinful human reaction. This stuff's demonic. This is a cultic sickness is what this is. And it's all the more proves your point in that she's not... Taylor Swift's age, who's why I'm just no. She's like she's like she was just in fences. Nor does she look like. Nor does she look like Halle Berry. Frankly, she's in her she's in her sixties. Is she not? Yeah, her life is a total repudiation of of the of of every word she's just said. Yes, I think the the typical puke reaction to this is well, she doesn't actually believe it. She just has to say it. She's been told she has to say stuff like this to stay relevant to keep her PR people happy. Uh, It doesn't matter. The fact that she believes that she has to say this. That's a cultic sickness, too. Exactly. Yeah. That that after I've won all these awards, it's one thing. Again, the normal human idolatrous stance is to say these things to get this recognition. You've already won. You won. It worked. Like, is Meryl Streep still hopping on casting couches, guys? You know what I'm saying? Mm Mm-hmm. If Meryl Streep walked into a director's office and he said, I don't know, take your panties off, honey. Let's see if you're worthy of the role. What's Mer- does she have to tolerate that? No. Maybe she did before she did Silkwood. I don't know. But do you think she's had to do anything like that in, I don't know, 20, 30 years? No. Of course not. Who goes back to that well when you've already come out of the pit? Who does that? That's not natural. It's natural to do those things in order to gain favor. Once you've already accomplished the natural human reaction is to kick to the curb the people that you use to get there and act like you're you're better than them now. That's the natural human reaction. It is not the natural human sinful reaction to say, while being worth $25 million and getting all kinds of recognition, this place is racist, yo. That's not natural, guys. So it's, this is demonic cultic sickness, either for true belief or the desire to be affirmed after all this success to still be affirmed by those who are peddling this BS. One or the other. Which brings us to the topic we were actually going to discuss for Pop Culture Tuesday. In 2017... There's, there's been several um, UFO documentaries done by this Stephen Greer guy who's a 
respected doctor who is a UFO devotee. It's his religion. Remember, we reviewed one of his unacknowledged uh, back in 2020, narrated by Jeremy Piven, I believe it was. You remember that one? Of course. And it was very clear that this was actually now a religious film. It started off being a disclosure movie. UFOs are real and aliens are being hidden from you to now these are our salvation. These are our saviors. And, you know, we should be trying. And remember the scene at the end of that when we're all getting together, Greer and his people out on a beach somewhere trying to channel aliens to come and save them, to rapture them, basically. Right. This is why my heart broke a little bit when I saw what you wanted me to watch. This one is a predecessor to that. Okay, and so this one is just about the cover up aspect of it. It doesn't get into the messianic angle of it. But what's fascinating about this is watching this now, given how informationally radicalized we have become as a show based on what we've seen the last few years. The claims that he makes are that um, this information has all been hidden from you so that the government can hold on to it from a point of power and control. So they can harness these technologies to use them to fur- so government can use them to furnace or to further their power and control. That um, most of what we call alien abductions, particularly the you know the uh, Merle in the trailer park that I've ragged on for years with the forceps that's been alien probed, those are all false flags. They even use that language. Those are all false flags. None of that's real. It's just done to discredit this. It's not the serious stuff. Don't fall for any of that. It actually spends a good deal of time debunking parts of what what it called fake UFO stories or allegations or alien abductions. That's one of the main segments of the film, right? Watching this, here's what I will say about it and why I thought we should talk about it for a few minutes. If there truly was a UFO conspiracy, and again, just to reiterate, My official position, my singular official position is there's too much quality footage of inexplicable aircraft for all of them to be fake. However, I find it very fascinating that we have all kinds of high quality, high res imagery of the craft, but none of the actual people or beings supposedly piloting them, which leads me to the conclusion we're likely looking at some form of demonic deception here. That's just my singular official position. Can I can I challenge the premise of that? What, let me finish for just a second, sorry, then you may sorry. challenge away. But I but my conclusion after watching this was if the UFO conspiracy that this Stephen Greer guy believes in, if it were actually true, I do believe based on what we've watched how we've watched our government behave the last few years it would come it would actually have come about exactly as it's laid out because we've seen this manifest itself in similar things elsewhere over the last few years and um and i think that's even part of why we're getting ufo disclosures now see this thing this movie theorizes and back in 2017 that that they will begin giving us more information on this for the intent of building a space force. They call it that to go to war for interplanetary warfare. All right. I could totally see that. Couldn't you see that? If, if, if his angle were true, I don't believe it's true, but if, this is the most I could see that angle actually Hell, Trump even formed something called Space Force. Okay, I, I, I just I found it interesting watching it now 
given how we've watched our intelligence communities behave in the open the last few years. I just, I had a totally different vibe. Now you guys may challenge whatever you'd like. Floor is yours. I will, I admit, I did not have a chance to watch this one. I did watch the other, the, the newer version of Unacknowledged. There is one portion of what you've said on a few occasions where I'm like, um, I don't really think it is high quality footage. I really, all that I've ever seen for the most part is grainy. Um, really, I've seen a lot of high quality footage. See, I have not. And I've watched a lot of this thing. Say, There's I, a lot of it in Phenomenon. Yeah, I don't think that's necessary. Like, I guess high quality meaning it's intact. Yeah, sure. If you want to high quality in terms of you can clearly see what it is. Uh, listen, I can't I can't see. Um, and what do you mean by never seen who's piloting them? Like never seen them out walking around is or even you, within the craft or see, out of the craft. We see we see um, uh, we're right in the flight in the final approach path for Des Moines International Airport here. We see flights. I can't see who's sitting in the cockpit because it's a long ways away. Um, so I I agree, though, it's it's still concerning. It still could be. Uh, deception, and that's what I think it is. Actually, I, I think it's, I think it's, but I, I don't necessarily agree with that, or I don't think it's, I don't agree with that conclusion based on the same premises that that you lay out. That's all I have okay. to say. All right, Todd. Uh, I, we, you had categories for this. I don't remember what all of them were. Demonic possession and all uh, that. Demonic deception. Um, it's advanced weaponry from an enemy yeah. or our own government. Um, test testing its advanced weaponry, or it's actual actually extraterrestrial. I think those are the four options. Well, what? I don't think if they're all go- fakes and frauds. I just don't think that's an option at this I point. I think in part of our own government included the possibility of you know manipulation, psyop. That, that's where I am. And at the end, where they admit this was about, and with that uh, false flag stuff, I think this whole thing. It, 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 they're talking about false flags within a false flag. I think this whole show might be a false flag. I think the guy Greer may be a false flag. Mm. And I think uh, all these people you've never heard about. I mean, I've never heard of any of the people in this show on any level. You'd think at some point that would come out, but I think over time throughout history, these guys, I mean, I, I think they're real people. I think they may actually believe it, but I think they've, we've been, they've been propagandized and no different than look at all the people who believe what they believe about the jab. And about masks. How is it any different? I think th- th- we've been trying this on a population to go. How do you put a population into mass psychosis for a very long time? I don't think aliens are any different than gender dysphoria or any different from the magical power of the jab. I think it's all the same psychosis. Aaron, your thoughts on that? Um. I'm open. What you you know? Uh, I you had me at psychosis. This, the, yeah. Any of those things could be a possibility. I just think it is still in in notwithstanding all of this, Todd. And in, in fact, maybe what I'm about to say furthers your 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 point that you're making. Um, it's really really odd to me. It is just really odd. My spidey senses got uh, started to tingle back in well, I was probably 2019 or so about this. It's really odd that for my entire lifetime, at least, and probably most of your lifetime, the, 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 the topic of UFOs, alien abductions, aliens in general, mm-hmm. 
uh, that was limited to about 12 a.m. to 4 a.m. on Coast to Coast AM. That was cousin, uh, you know, cousin Randy in the trailer park getting anally probed. That was that was like verboten. That that's underworld, laughable conspiracy theory stuff. And now all of a sudden, in the last five or six years, we've got the New York Times talking about this. We got the Washington. We've got these mainstream outlets. That are not only saying, uh, there's some there there, but uh, yeah, we've known about it for a long time. That's incredibly suspicious. Whether or not it's because of demonic deception or whether it's not because of a, a false flag or some sort of psychosis like that, that is very, very odd, which has my spidey senses tingling. I think my theory right now, uh, number one, I still think it's probably demonic deception, but... When you look at the at NASA not too long ago, just a few months ago, and listing all of those theologians of various religions around the world who um, to get perspectives on how their various religions mm-hmm. would um, would react to an alien contact. To me, I think this could be something full blown Mysterio, where it is just a show. Uh, to be able to say, hey, this is the next big thing. Please hand over more of your rights and control to us. I could totally see that. Yeah, you're talking about grooming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, clearly we are being groomed for something. Yeah. To some extent. It's just it's something, we're being groomed for something that something will, that we, we will be claimed transcendence. Something along those lines. Um, if you're a dog owner, you love that little stinker. That's why it's more than just giving him food and water. The health and happiness of your pet it is important to you. That's where Rough Greens comes in. It's the supplement now for dogs, and they need one for the same reason we people do, because a lot of our foods, stripped of a lot of the vitamins, minerals, and nutrients we need when they leave the factory, uh, same thing happens to the pet food for the same reason, for mass distribution, and that's why we take so many supplements these days as people, and now there's one for your pet. It's the supplement powder you mix in with your pet's food, and my dog, Cap, would tell you it makes it taste even better. But you're not so sure, and you're not so sure it works. Well, that's why we'll give you the first 14-day Jumpstart bag for free to see. If you don't see a difference in your pet in two weeks or less when you go to roughgreens.com, the bag is on us. You just pay for the shipping, but the bag is free at roughgreens, R-U-F-F, roughgreens.com, or you can call them at 833-ROUGH-DOG. That's 833-ROUGH-DOG. All right, we're going to stick around the show. we got about 40 seconds here. We're going to stick around. And record the overtime for Blaze TV subscribers, and then it will be uploaded later today at blazetv.com slash dace. That's also where you can go right now so you don't miss it if you're not a subscriber and get a discounted subscription today, blazetv.com slash dace. We're going to discuss what's going on in Shanghai. 97% literate, richest city community in all of China, even has its own Disneyland. It is the picture of Chinese modernity, and yet it has descended into barbarism with uh, an even more barbaric lockdown than what was going on in 2020. Why? What's the Shycom government play there? We will discuss that in the overtime. For subscribers, for the rest of you, we will see you tomorrow, noon to 2 Eastern, right after Glenn Beck here on Blaze TV, John 317. This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network.